Rebecca Neal for podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca, a holistic health and life coach, business mentor, creative entrepreneur, and your online bestie. I'm here to remind you that it is more than okay to show up as your authentic self, to have high expectations for your life, to become financially independent and get paid to do what it is that you love. Each week, I'm going to share episodes with you to inspire, educate, and empower you to reconnect to your soul's purpose, to awaken that power within and create a life and business that you desire. My mission and purpose is to help you find confidence to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary, to give you the tools and steps to living more in alignment with your true self. So if you're ready for honest and practical, soulful lessons, and you're committed to investing in yourself, then you are in the right place. And the reality is no one's coming to save you. And it's really only up to you to start to create and design a life that you love, a life that's exciting and invigorating. It's time to take charge of your life right now. Are you ready to grow, babe? Welcome back to Rebecca Nail, the podcast. Today, we are speaking to Travis Barton, who is an expert at taking people who want to be extraordinary to epic new heights through what he calls adventurous coaching for extraordinary people. Travis has worked with a variety of people one-on-one from executives and CEOs to athletes and actors and to other coaches entrepreneurs supporting and challenging them in a powerful space to move passionately towards their dreams and goals. And me being a coach, someone that I have admired is Travis and I couldn't wait to get him on the show today to share him with you and also learn a little bit more about him too. Thank you so much for your time today, Travis. I'm really excited to have you here. I am even more excited. Pumped to be here. Looking forward to this conversation. Awesome. So I would love to know, how do you spend your morning? How do you have your coffee? That's what my question is for you. Great, great question. Black. <laughs> totally black. And if and I prefer uh, it to be iced. So I have this weird little kind of habit that I like to make the coffee the night before, put it in the fridge, and then I just have it black on ice. Oh my gosh, that's the trick. So I've just started having iced coffee since I think the first one I had was January. And I was, every time I forget to leave cold water in the fridge, it actually sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it the night before. Is that the trick? That for me, yeah. And that's, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I wanted to bring up, I know you're in Australia. Ordering an iced coffee in Australia is a mission because, um, as I told you before the show, we were, um, I was there for seven months and ordering an iced coffee, you get like, it's like a, like a shake or something. You got ice cream in it and like there's milk and all sorts of sugar and stuff. Have you had that? Have you noticed that? Okay. So the trick is that is an iced coffee. What you've got to order is a iced long black. That's how you order. Right. And that, I got that about three months into, into my stay there and I'm like, I don't understand. It's iced and coffee, iced coffee. But I you know, know. I, I don't. You, you live and learn. Yes, totally. I, and you just got to have a dash of something in it just to make it a little bit creamy. That's my theory. Yeah. So for the Australian listeners, I know I don't have a milkshake every morning. I have uh, <laughs> an ice, an ice long black. Nice. I love it. Well, I'm. I mean, when I'm in the states, because I love the states so much, I have labeled your coffee dishwater coffee. I'm sorry to say it. <laughs> can't get a black coffee like you can in Australia over there. You're not wrong. 
<laughs> so how do you you're definitely that? not wrong. What's that? <laughs> how do you manage that? Do you just make it at home then? That's the key word. I manage. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, the coffee in Australia is second to none. Yeah. Uh, and so if you can manage to get a nice long black out there, um, it is, man, it's, it's, it is, it's really second to none. And I do miss it. Uh, out here. Yeah. I, I do make it at home mostly. Yeah. I think um, that, that's the key. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a com- there's a comfort in how um, how bad Starbucks is, though. I don't know. It's this weird kind of. Uh, it's it's not good coffee, but there's something comforting in that. And I, I don't I don't know what it is, but you know, I, I haven't had Starbucks. We've had Starbucks closed for what a, a month now to the quarantine, and it's it hasn't been a big deal for me. So I've been just fine without it. Well, I can't relate to the Starbucks thing. I'm all about nice organic black coffee, maybe a snob. Who knows? But I'm very blessed in Australia, as you said. So. Oh, you definitely are. <laughs> so I want to know and share with our listeners today a little bit more about who you are, where it all began, and what is the why behind what you do? Because you have an incredible business and you've been able to create so much magic and help others do the same. So I'd love to know and for you to share a little bit more about who you help, how you help, why do you do what you do? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, there's, there's an old saying, uh, your karma is your dharma. And, um, or excuse me, your dharma is your karma. So what your purpose is, the clues to that are hidden somewhere in your story. Um, for me, figuring out my purpose and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life was always something that always had an, a lot of anxiety that went with it. I remember kind of, playing by social rules and expectations of what other people thought I should and shouldn't be and should and shouldn't do with my life. And as a result, you know, as a coach yourself, you can imagine the kind of emotional and spiritual stagnation that came, came along with that. And um, it wasn't until I really started living on my own terms and living from the inside out um, without expectation and without pressures of what people thought I should and shouldn't do with my life that I began to really find this, um, deep sense of emotional freedom and total happiness and joy. And that was, was, it had to be something that I wanted to guide others through. Um, I was really into learning the tools to happiness and life purpose. And, uh, and I found that there was something tangible, something that anybody can kind of create for themselves. And, and so that became, um, you know, before I even knew what coaching was, I knew that I, that's what I wanted to, hold people to and help guide them through. Um, and it was just all about living from the inside out and helping people kind of overcome that challenge, overcome that, um, that big hurdle that I think a lot of people face and really discovering who they are and taking the step to live in alignment with who they are. Um, because I know on the other side of that is total happiness and, 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 and even bliss. So it was just, it was kind of a natural, um, thing i think since a kid it's always something that i've been passionate about wanting to uh give to people i love that so much and i think i say this often because i work with coaches and i really believe you're almost born a coach in some sense and we're given this gift of experiencing all these things to then become a person that's able to help others through things and Mm. coach i think coaching the good coaches anyway have this natural gift within them that are able to support people on that. And I'd love to know a little more about what you say when you say living on your own terms and, you know, inside out, what does that look like living more in alignment? Yeah, there's, there's a certain, you know, and 
I'm, I'm sure most, I'm sure almost everybody has experienced this. There's a certain pressure to kind of fit in, into this box, isn't there? It's like the world says, we want you to be yourself, man. And then when you when you are yourself, the world says, well, not like that. It's a little too, you know, we're not really comfortable with that. Like, you know, slow down there, right? Yeah. Um, so there's always this kind of fear of what will they think of me? And that simple fear of what will they think of me must be set aside for true fulfillment and for the discovery of purpose. Um, you know, we all feel it. If, if, if we have a big dream or a big vision for our lives, there's always going to be somebody um, that's going to disparage that and, and, and try to put you down for that. And um, I think that's the ultimate fear that I've encountered in my own journey and that I see in my own clients as well is the fear of what will others think of me? Yes, totally. I, I actually was going to ask you about that because I know working with women who are, you know, big dreamers, they have huge visions for their lives and themselves and they want to turn their passions into profits and become, you know, whoever it is. And one of the greatest things I do see is that that people pleasing, that worrying about the judgment of others' opinions and ideas. And if I put myself out there, what will people think? What are some tips and tools or things that you can suggest for someone who is feeling those things? Like, how do you move through that? Yeah, great question. Um, the simple answer is one step at a time. I think we overwhelm ourselves so often with the big dream that we, we, we stay in this state of perpetual preparation, right? Because we're focused on the top of the mountain rather than the first step. Um, and so we never end up climbing the mountain because it's just too big. You know, it's, 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 we just overwhelm ourselves. Um, so it is, it is kind of taking, having the vision, knowing what the mountain is that you want to climb and just like, I'm talking actively and very physically from a very literal standpoint, taking that first step into what, into climbing that proverbial mountain. Um, the antidote to fear is action. Mm. Uh, that's the only you know there, there's no sexy answer there's no you know we can sit and analyze it and over and think about things and 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 you know get rid of the limiting beliefs and patterns and stories and that's great and there's such a space for that and a, and a time for that but without action um the the information is is, is nothing we have to take that action and what you're going to find taking that first step is that oh it was all kind of a concept of my imagination for the most part, um, this fear that I have. Um, you, you start to shed that fear more and, and start to have the courage step-by-step step to um, live into more of who you are. So, you know, if it's something that really is scary for you, and it is for a lot of people, it, it is kind of maybe, you know, try taking that first step and begin to see how that feels. And what you're more than likely going to find is that first step, it feels pretty good. You're starting to really dance and play with the universe. And the universe is playing right back with you. And you go, wow, what's the next one going to feel like? And before you know it, you're at the top of that mountain and you're dancing you're, you're on, to the beat of your own drum. And, uh, the, the, and the right people love you for it. And the people who aren't about it, you don't even care at that point. Well, that's it. It's like I always share with people, you could be the juiciest, ripest peach in the world. And if people don't like peaches, they're just not going to like you, right? That's damn right, man. Like, you know <laughs> what? It's, it, peaches are amazing, right? <laughs> But hey, man, not everybody likes them, and that's cool too. No big deal. Exactly. That's right? There's an old there's an old saying when I'm, I'm when I was first embarking on my embarking on my coaching adventure was uh, Winston Churchill said it best. He goes, "If you have enemies, that's good. It means you've stood for something at some point in your life. So stand for something. If you try to please everyone, you please no one, and you certainly don't please yourself." Mm-hmm. 
That's exactly right. And it's, you know, saying yes to others is saying no to yourself at times. And I think we too often don't do things because of what we think others may think. And most of the time, others aren't even thinking about us. They're thinking about themselves, right? Ain't that the damn truth. (laughs) So would you say there's been any key mentors or people that have inspired you or impacted you greatly on your life journey or within your business or creating the success that you have? Yeah, it, it, well, a huge uh, component of my wow, there's so many. But a huge component of my um, business growth, and you know, even to an extent, my spiritual growth um, has been mentors, mm. um, coaches. Um, I was very stubborn in my first, um, I think, year of coaching, where I said I can do this on my own. You know, I don't need anybody to teach me the business side of things, you know, and I can do this on my own. And oh, as you know, I was so wrong. Um, it saved me so much time, energy. It, I was just held at a different level. And it was just, it, it was having those conversations week in and week out was just utterly changed the game for me. Totally inspiring, totally um, uplifting um, and totally, you know, I, I saw my mentors as, as kind of um, people that were shining a light on my map. Uh-huh. And places that I, I could never see before. And it was just, it's just beautiful thing. So, so, so many, um, I think some people that your audience might know, I have a concept that I, you know, talk about, um, like your dream coffee party or something like if you would have coffee with anybody in the world living or dead, who would it be? Mm-hmm. And two of mine, uh, they're both passed on, but this Alan Watts and, uh, this man named Joseph Campbell. So these are kind of two people in my dream kind of, uh, mastermind as it were that I kind of, uh, that have helped me in my own uh, personal growth. I love that. And I love how you said, um, shining a light on your map. And I think it's like in anything, you know, whether it's a relationship, a friendship, a business thing, you know, people on the outside can usually see things that you can't see so close up when you're actually amongst it. And I think that's what a coach and a mentor is there for to guide you and show you a little bit of the road, but also get you there faster and quicker as well as that accountability and that support. And I've had a coach since I was 19. I think the first coach was for me and it was in the fitness space. And then all through my life, I've had coaches and mentors along my journey to get to where I am today. And I just wouldn't be where I am without that support for sure. Oh, to- absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, to talk about a personal trainer, <laughs> what happens when you have a trainer, you're not off the hook, they're holding you <laughs> at, high, at your highest self. And what do we know as, as, from a fitness standpoint is where does the, the, the real exponential growth come from? If you're a weightlifter, it's those last few reps. Mm-hmm. Usually those reps for most people without a trainer or a, or a, or a um, um, spotter would put, re-rack the weight. Right. But we get the most out of those last few reps. And that's what a coach does for the rest of your life is it holds you at your highest self, um, really asks you to step into those areas of discomfort and into those areas of fear. Because as coaches, we know that the growth comes when you step into that fear and step into those areas where you're a little bit uncomfortable. For sure. <laughs> that on the other side of fear is your results that you're looking for. It really totally. is. <laughs> it's doing those things that make you feel uncomfortable is where the growth happens. You know, get comfortable. Being uncomfortable is one of my favorite sayings. It's simple, but it's so effective. Totally. And it's so much more fun to do it like that when you have a coach in your corner, you know, because, you know, you have your map and whether you know it or not, you have your map. All we do as coaches is shine a light on that map. And 
and, and so if I see a part of that map where, oh, my client's a little scared to go here, I want to spend time looking at that yes. and going, hey, what's what's the what's the desire behind this fear? What's the want behind this fear? You know, we just I just mentioned Joseph Campbell in my dream, you know, dinner party or coffee party or whatever. He had this quote. He said, "The cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek." Mm. So there's a supposition there that there's a treasure behind that fear. There's there's the desire and the dream and the fulfillment is behind that fear. And when you step into that fear, um, what you're going to find more often than not is 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 that uh, um, that treasure. That's where the gold is at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Sometimes that rainbow is a little little scary to kind of ride, ride along. But hey, that's the fun of it. That's the adventure of a lifetime. Yes. Right? A little dusty. I think, though, the greatest adventures or greatest challenges always have the greatest re- reward. And that's where if you're not willing to do the hard work or do the things that make you feel icky or uncomfortable or that you fear, don't expect to have the reward, you know, that comes yeah. with that. That's right. Absolutely right. And I think that's where people go wrong. They want this ultimate thing or the end goal, but they're not willing to go through the levels or go through the phases. And I always say, you know, with every new level, there's a new devil. And we have to we have to learn that. We have to fight that. We have to grow through that to get to the next phase, to keep on moving to where we're going. With every so- new level is a new devil. That's great. It's like a... <laughs> wow. It's yeah. <laughs> totally love that. The, dra- the dragons don't get easier the dragons you face don't get easier they they just get bigger but the thing is you get stronger as you go along too yes exactly so travis do you have i'm assuming you do um have typical daily routines and habits and things i can only imagine how important it is for you to stay on top of your values or live consciously in alignment so would you love to share with us today some of the things you do on a daily basis to keep in alignment oh well my black coffee in the morning is my priority (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um meditation um well there's two things that i say everybody um whether you're you know from any background any any whatever you should do i think most people should do this actually i think everybody should do this uh still your mind and move your body we are in a culture uh in a society especially in the west that we um do the exact opposite of most of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, the, our mind moves too much. We're constantly being, uh, have stimulation. We're, we're on our phones, we're on the computers, the TV. We have to have entertainment constantly. And we don't move the body enough. We sit at a desk, we, you know, again, watch TV or Netflix or whatever. So two things to combat that is still the mind, move the body. Doesn't matter how you do it. If, if, if meditation, zazen meditation, if prayer, if uh, um, um, you know any other form of meditation is the way you still your mind, do that. Do it five to ten minutes a day. Start with that, and then move your body. Whatever that is, if that's taking a walk, if that's going to go lift weights, if that's yoga, whatever that is, move your body. So still your mind, move your body. I do both of those things every day, um, on in in one form or another. Um, I have my own workout ritual that I do and meditation practice that I do. Um, most days I like to journal. Um, I think um, that's kind of, um, something that's, it's a great personal accountability and a, a great way for you to kind of process certain things that are happening in your life and a great way to dream and to really ask like, Hey, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I think those are the most important for me. Um, uh, definitely. And then I, I think go, going and having fun in some level, whether that's surfing or, you know, I'm a slackliner or, 
and like that on some level, I like to try to do something like that every day. Yeah. I love that. Steal your mind and move your body. That is incredibly Mm. powerful and incredibly simple. But like you said, we do the opposite. Our mind is so busy, but our body's so still. And it's such a shame that the world has become like that. And I think with potentially everything that's going on right now, I'm seeing the opposite here in Australia. Everybody is out and about moving their body and walking and getting awesome. some time. It's so great. But let's see if, you know, that continues. So I love journaling. Journaling has been something, I mean, I used to write travel journals when I was like 10. Yes. <laughs> My mom actually still has them. So I've been journaling my whole life let's say um how do you like do you use journal prompts do you flow journal like what share a little bit more on journaling because I know a lot of my listeners do journal or a lot of my coaching clients it's something I teach a lot because I feel like you shared it helps you dream but it also helps you dig up the stuff that you need to work on so do you use prompts do you just see what's coming up how do you journal yes and yes so I do both um I I do the, the free journaling um, of course, just how has the day been? Um, what are, what are my thoughts? Um, you know, what, what am I dreaming of? What are my goals, et cetera? Um, four questions I ask myself, whether I journal it or not, four questions that I ask myself every single day. Um, it's what am I grateful for? Um, what would make today extraordinary? What am I most proud of from yesterday? And what could I have done better with on yesterday? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first two, I especially like, and the first two I've been asking for a long, long time. What am I grateful for? Why? why? Why is that so important? It's because the foundations for happiness lie in, in gratitude. It lies in focusing on wanting the things that we already have rather than focusing on having the things that we think we want. So gratitude, I mean, this is not new, you know, a lot of people have heard the importance of it. Um, but, you know, if Dalai Lama's writing a book on it and saying, hey, practice gratitude every day and that's going to help you create happiness, then, hey, I'm going to start listening. And I started that, what, 10 years ago, and it's um, been totally, um, helps me put perspective in things and, um, and, and facilitate that happiness. And then what would make today extraordinary is about um, – you know, taking life by the balls and, and just and going for it and just creating something, creating something magical. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, I'm, I jumped, I'm going to jump out of an airplane today and that's going to make today extraordinary. Yes, it would. But sometimes, you know, getting my email inbox to zero would make the day extraordinary. And that's just fine too. So it's just a kind of a, a way for me to say, Hey, how can I live today and uh, make the most of my time? Yes. I think I, the point you make there about, you know, the extraordinary part, I think too often people think, oh, but, you know, I only did the most simplest things today. It wasn't that great. You know, like you say, mm-hmm. jumping out of a plane, but it really is those little things that all add up and the little things that can be extraordinary. And that's where that gratitude practice is incredibly powerful because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one thing everyone goes, oh, we need to be more grateful. We need to have gratitude, but actually cultivating gratitude and feeling the emotion of gratitude is powerful you know and absolutely it's it's you know bringing that in if that's the one thing people do I highly suggest that is it you know whether it's meditation or gratitude I always say that's the place to start because if we can feel more of those feelings of gratitude it counteracts all the other things and you know the perception like you said I feel like right now especially people have a lopsided perception this is what I was saying the other day to someone is that 
yes, there's some crazy stuff going on and there's this and there's, and I don't, and I'm not discounting the fact there's a lot of people that are sick or dying or losing their jobs. And I'm very aware of that, but I feel like we become so lopsided that we forget with every challenge, there is an opportunity as well. And I think we need to sit and play more in that neutral space and have that perspective. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, it's shifting the perspective, isn't it? Right. So if you look at the Chinese um, word for crisis, um, it's made up of two symbols. Okay. Um, and this is, this is to illustrate your point here about how changing our perspective. Cause as, as a coach, what I often do is just help people see something in a different way. And it opens up their world. So when we change the way we look at our world, our entire world changes. So the circumstances can be the same, Right. But if we shift the way we look at it, there's so much more potential and possibility. Back to my point. Uh, the Chinese word for crisis is made up of um, two symbols. The first symbol um, basically means danger. Okay? Right? Crisis, danger, right? We know that, especially in the West. We go, danger, yeah, crisis, bad. No bueno, no good, right? Um, the second symbol that makes up the word crisis is guess what? It's opportunity. Interesting. So we look at crisis and we, we see the word crisis and we go bad. Yes. I can only focus on the bad. But simply by looking at it through that lens of saying, okay, if this were, were an opportunity in here, what would it be? Right? We can look at it differently and we can say, okay, there is something here. And it's not, that is not to say that the good outweighs the bad. Uh-huh. Certainly not. But it, what it does allow you to do is have a fighting chance to 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 grow from something. And oftentimes, in that uh, crisis, is you know so much room for growth. Um, it's just about you finding that perspective and, and leaning into it. Yes, and I love that you shared that because I didn't know that, and I think that's so incredible that they have those two symbols together because that is exactly fact, right? And right now. There's a lot of businesses that I'm working with that are pivoting and are changing, but then there's the others that are in standstill and are in crisis and they can't pull themselves out of that space no matter how you guide them or show them. And I think that all comes back to that space of mindset and having that positive thinking approach. And, you know, as coaches, I know that we have a huge role to play in guiding people through this and holding that space for people. And so... Would you say that this is something that you would help people with a lot around their mindset and around positive thinking? Um, mindset is the foundational space in which I coach from. Mm-hmm. It, because it is the foundational element of extraordinary growth and um, potential. So absolutely. Um, reframing things. Um, um, asking, holding my clients to, to look at possibility. Um, absolutely. My mindset is, 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 um, you can have all the tools and business in the world, right? But if you don't have the right mindset, none of that means anything. And so it is, you know, like I say, it's, it's, if you change the way you see your world, your entire world will begin to change. You'll start to see possibility. Uh, you'll start to see positivity. You'll start to see so many more beautiful, uh, things and so much more potential in life, even even in in um, uh, the challenges. So absolutely, yes, mindset is 
everything. I think like we can feel and change and shift so much with the mind and the power. And we only really, from my understanding anyway, is we really only tap into a very, very small part of our mind. And when we do flip language or we reframe what we're saying or thinking or experiencing and the way we we view things, the perception like we've shared, life can change so quickly. And, you know, like you said, it's what, how we see things or how we view things, even though the environmental situation may have not actually changed. Absolutely. I mean, we can, we can have the same external circumstances around us as everybody else, but it's our internal response to those circumstances that make all the difference. Right. It's, it's all the mindset. It's all that internal response. So then it's like it almost comes back, though, from people uh, with trauma from a childhood mm-hmm. or from, you know, their experiences in life and how they sit in this space of, of blockedness, let's say, or they don't mm-hmm. want to crack through that stuff and they, they can't invite in that positive energy or view or perception. Mm-hmm. How do you work with people like that? Yeah, well, I, I find a lot of the time with, and this is, this is a distinction a lot of times too with, um, you know, therapy and coaching. Um, it's, it's so important with these old stories and these traumas that we do not repress them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's important to ex- express them um, because through repression and suppression um, comes depression and, 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 and we, we're not allowed to, we can't process these old stories. So what we continue to do is we move on through our life living in a way that's, that are, that is um, um, dictated by our old stories without most of the time, even never realizing it. Right. And so it's, it's important to have that space to look at those old stories and, um, and, 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 and reframe and, and, you know, oftentimes see if they're even true or not. Um, I think for a lot of people, we have old stories like I'm not good enough. And, you know, I grew up thinking I'm not good enough. And that wasn't necessarily what was the reality of the situation. It's just how we kind of perceived it. And so challenging that. Um, But I think it's, it's, it's through expression and um, you know, because that's an energy, these old stories. And oftentimes we, we become ashamed of it and we hold those stories close to us and we never really talk about it. We never really work through it. And that's a sadness because we end up carrying that with us our whole lives. So it is so important to be able to, to work through that stuff. Absolutely. I love how you talk about expressing it. Something I always say is we, we heal through feeling. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think too often people do carry these stories and they, they push them down and they suppress them and they don't want to deal with them. And they think, I'm totally fine. There's no issue. But then that stops us allowing us to feel other things or to experience mm-hmm. life differently. Do you think mm-hmm. if you want to heal it, you got to feel it. Right. And that's oftentimes the fear coming into play, right? Cause it's scary to feel it. Right. But on the other end of that is, 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 is typically what you're going to find is that the freedom, the release of all that energy that you've been storing up. Um, and you might find a rebirth and I'd have you, I'd have you really consider that because that's one of the coolest things about working with a client on old stories and, and things like that is uh, we can spend an hour together and finding that freedom outside of that story for the first time in life is like, that's just beautiful. Yes. And it creates that lightness in someone, right? Suddenly they're just like, there's a baggage that's been removed. Totally. I can play any role I want now, right? I was living so according to old patterns and beliefs and stories. And now it's, it's, it's kind of, I'm realizing, you know, I've let all that, I've shedded 
I've shed that old skin and I can be whoever I want now. So where does someone start? Let's say while we're still on this, where does someone start? If they're carrying baggage, they're listening to this and like, oh, that's me. I, I really do need to, you know, bring up some emotions, express it and, and heal the feeling. How, where do you start? Listening. And that's what we do. This is what we do so great as coaches, right? Um, yes. It's, 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 it's we can listen and we can hold that space and I, I see what comes out of it. I mean, I'm not, you know, it, without the expectation of uh, having a practice or anything like that, just really listening. And, and what I find oftentimes is through that expression comes insight. There's an old uh, kind of a story about, um, it's like the lamppost story. You can sit with somebody in front of a lamppost and say, hey, I want you to sit in front of this lamppost and talk about your problems, talk about your dreams, talk about your old stories and, and patterns and all these things. I'm going to come back in an hour, okay? But you can't stop talking. You can come back in an hour and this person will have come up with all these insights, mm-hmm. right? Just because they have the space to express it. Because yes. they're, they're asked not to repress it anymore. They're asked to express it. And through that expression, you've probably seen this with clients. Right. They're talking and talking and you're listening and you're, you might be asking some pointed questions and they come to these insights as they're talking. Going, yes. Whoa, like my, my mind is so blown. Right. <laughs> all I all I did was shine a light on their on their on their map that they've already had. Right. And I held I held that space for them. Right. And then and they go, oh my God, Travis, like I, I'm that's like a life changing insight. And all I've done was was create the space for them to really express that. Yes. Yes, and that's what coaches do, right? We we kind of ask good quality questions that, you know, offer the client to explore deeper into those little spots that they may not have thought mm-hmm. of or they may not have seen before. Which I love I I really love this whole shining the torch on the map thing. I'm taking that with me for life. <laughs> okay. That's kinda of, that's kinda of what I play into when I'm when I'm coaching people. It's like oh. You know, I got to watch the, you know, because if, if, if I'm building them their map, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're traveling on the wrong map, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's about really helping them find their own inner compass and then help and then also shining the light on that map. And that's, you know, that's our job as coaches. And that's where the real transformation comes. Yes. Sure. Uh, because because a, a life change does not happen through information. We got enough of that. We don't need more information. It comes through insight. Mm-hmm. And insight comes through inquiry. Um, you know, what we do, holding a space, holding powerful space for them and just inquiring within their, their own soul. Yes. It's that, it's like implementation. I think too often, and I share sometimes this little analogy I have, like you go to the gym because you want to go to the gym, you want to work out, you want to get the results. But if you just went to the gym and watched someone show you how to use the treadmill, you're not going to get the results. So by taking in all this information and just hitting it and not implementing it, you may as well just be oh the treadmill, right? <laughs> it drives me nuts because we have like, we have, you know, we are, we live in the information age. Yes. We have, and we can learn anything, anytime, anywhere. And it's probably on YouTube somewhere, you know, okay. anything. The, the, the issue is, and this is why, uh, you know, personal development books or something, we, we go, oh my God, this was such a great book. I, I just, I read the new Brené Brown book and it was so, uh, it was so life-changing, right? And then we put it back in the bookshelf, mm-hmm. it collects dust and we don't actually apply anything. And that's the sadness. Yes. Right. And so it, your, your life changes not through information. It changes through actually going out there and not forgetting to live. It's a call to action to go live life, yeah. to get out of your head, to, to get, you, you, what if I told you you had enough information 
to be successful? What if I told you you had enough information to be happy? What if I told you had enough information to fix your marriage? All these things. But all it took was one action on your part to actually make the difference. Uh-huh. Right? This is where I like to play too. It's because more often than not, you do. It's just a matter of implementing it. For sure. I think it is also, it's a, it's a bittersweet really that we do have so much information. It's not, we don't have to go down the library to read encyclopedias and, and yeah. all the books like we used to have to, right? Now we can just go, how do I blah, blah, blah on Google. And all of a sudden we know, or oh, we're getting information that may not even be true as well. That's the scary part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, and we, but we, we can get true information. We can know in our heart that it's true, but then there's some part of us that say, well, what else is there out there? Yes. Right. It's the same it's the same thing like because you know okay i don't know what rabbit hole i want to go down right now how often do we and i'm like i'm guilty of this too right is, is we sit in front of netflix and we go what do we want to watch right and and how long does it take us to figure out what movie we want to watch too many hours. it takes us it takes it takes us longer to figure out what we want to watch <laughs> than it does to actually watch the damn thing totally. why is that because we have an overwhelm of options, right? But it was different than when you went to the local video store, the Blockbuster or whatever it was. You found a movie, you knew what you were watching, and you took it home and you watched it and it was amazing, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we have too many options. There's too many trivial options too. And it's, it's you know, well, I don't want to invest in an hour and a half movie. Maybe I'll watch a YouTube video or two, which is, hey, I'm raising my hand, something I've been guilty of too, right? It's, it, you got to break that and, and you got to make that decision and just act on it, right? Take, I'm a big fan of just saying first step. Don't even overwhelm yourself as if watching an hour and a half long movie is overwhelming. <laughs> take the first, just take the first step, man. Just say, hey, let's figure this out. Let's pick something and let's go for it. Yes. It's the same thing with anything. I can Google how to be happy. I can find 20 different things. Fine. fine. You have the information. Find one thing. And, and act on it, you know, just, just do it because that's, we do get in the habit of saying, well, what other information is out there or what else is there? I must be missing something because that actually takes some work. Right. So I don't know if I want to apply that because there must be an easy, there must be a, 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 a easier to swallow magic pill. That's going to help me be successful or happy or whatever. Right. And it's somewhere out there. I just haven't found it yet. Yes, it's that world of instant gratification that people are seeking, like our attention spans are incredibly, incredibly fast. Oh. And like, it's just mind-blowing. It really oh. And I notice even in myself, and I'm, I believe I'm self-aware and quite conscious. However, I can see, I can pick up a book and be so distracted so quickly. Yep. You want to do something else. And I don't, I don't love that, you know, but this no. is the world we're in. It's scary. Um. If we don't learn to interrupt that pattern now, it's only going to get harder to do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's because all the information and all the uh, electronic stimulus and, and the attention spans, it's only getting worse and worse, mm-hmm. right? So if we don't learn to really interrupt that, in my opinion, you know, this isn't backed back by any um, science that I know of um, or anything like that, but just it's of my opinion that I'm seeing this happen um, over just the last few years that it's just getting there's more and more static noise out there. And what we're doing is we're going through life, living a fast food type of existence because it's just quick, give it to me, but it's never really satiating and fulfilling. Right. Well, there's no Um, presence anymore. People can't focus. They're not present. They're too distracted. Yeah. It's not that they can't focus. It's, it's that it's, it's, it's because you can, you can do anything. It's just, 
um, they don't, you know, yeah, it's, it's just basically that they haven't really figured it out yet. And mm-hmm. so just interrupt the pattern. It's, it's so important. And what you're going to find is that at first interrupting that pattern is going to be hard. You're going to be hooked to the phone. You're going to want to watch the YouTube videos instead of the movie. You're going to want to, you know, do all these different things. You're going to want to make the proverbial fast food decision over the, the healthier option. Um, but what you're going to find over time is that it feels good to make that pervert, proverbial healthy option. Right. And you're going to go, wow, like what was I doing this whole time? Right. It feels good to let's metaphorically pick the movie and watch it. Right. It feels good to metaphorically cook a healthy dinner at home than go through the proverbial drive through lane of life. Right. It feels good to read the book and spend time doing something that nurtures you than scrolling uh, through your phone. Mm-hmm. It always it always feels better. It's just taking that first step is always the breaking that addiction is, is the hard part. Yes, and it's almost like an achieve a mini achievement when you do because you're like, wow, I actually can do this, and and then it continues from there. The motivation comes from you being able to see that you are able to do that, and you have that little burst. Not only do you then get endorphins and all the good feelings that come with eating healthy and things like mm-hmm. that, but it's that. I think when, you know, you're wanting to achieve things, it's those little wins that show you what's possible and that you can achieve what you are setting out to achieve. Totally. Absolutely. You start to see the the rewards of that and it becomes so kind of addicting in its own way, doesn't yes. it? Like you're, you're seeing the results and it's just like, wow, that's a good addiction, right? Yes. That's, that's something we're looking for, but it can be found and it can be found really quickly. So, so it's not to overwhelm yourself, you know, yes. start small. Start small and, 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 and just recognize that. Yes. And that's what it is. It's that one single step, like you said, and starting, in, you know, starting one thing at a time. It's, isn't there that saying, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. It's the whole idea of climbing the mountain, right? Yeah. One step at a time. Lao Tzu said it. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one single step. He didn't say the journey of a thousand miles begins with overthinking things. He didn't say it begins with a giant leap. He didn't say it begins with... Uh, you know, taking a train to the top, it's one step. Yes. So just stop overwhelming yourself. You have enough information. Just take one step. And if you do that, you're going to find your, your world will change. And it's, it's really who you become along the way too. Like I always say that every new level, there's a new devil because it's there to teach you. That level allows you to go to the next level. To If you went straight from being a baby to a 21-year-old and you didn't do any of the in-between, you wouldn't know how to walk, you wouldn't know how to talk, you wouldn't know how to do anything. Right. Right. So every part yeah. of the journey, every step is there for when you get to where you're going or what you're trying to achieve to make you be able to handle what that is. Absolutely. I love it. It's a, it's, it's a journey. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Yes. And so, Travis, I know right now a lot of people are feeling uncertainty, like not that I believe that life is ever truly certain, but there's definitely a heightened sense of fear and uncertainty going on around us right now and people not being able to stay calm. And, and you know, my assumption is I obviously don't know facts, but a lot of people are suffering from anxiety and depression right now. And I'd love to know, is this something that you have personally experienced or do you guide people through this, you know, when they're struggling with this sort of thing and how do they better manage their time right now if they are struggling with anxiety? Yeah. For myself, the answer is I have not because, and that's not, to, you know, I don't have any superpowers or anything like that. I, I think I've just been <laughs> meditating for such a long time and doing the, you know, I've been through my own personal tribulations and uh, challenges in life. And I know that it always does get better. And I know it's, it's hard to 
feel like that and, and, and re- really understand that on a cellular level, but it's going to get better. Right? It always does. Um, what was your question? <laughs> How does someone, like, do you deal with, I know it was a long-winded one, wasn't it? No, no, no worries. <laughs> do, do you deal with people that are, like, struggling with anxiety or, like, do you guide sure. them to manage this sort of thing? Because I know right now people are feeling this and feeling that fear of uncertainty and probably mm-hmm. a little more anxious than usual. Yeah, perfect. A great question. Uh, yes, I do. Um, and it's something that I, I encountered a lot in my life. I was one of the most anxious people um, I knew. Back in the day, I almost feel like it was a lifetime ago. Um, Where do I want to start with anxiety? Um, I I had read this years ago, and I wish I remembered where it came from. And I'm not even sure if I read it this way, but it's kind of my interpretation of it. I read it in um, reading some old Zen book, and I can't remember which one. And it was anxiety comes from one of two things when it comes down to it. Um, it comes from your attachments to the unnecessary and your avoidance of the necessary. Mm. So anxiety comes from one of two things, your attachment to the unnecessary and your avoidance of the necessary. Okay. That changed my entire world because I realized that so much of my anxiety was stemmed from my attachments to unnecessary things, my attachments to a future um, that I wasn't sure about, my attachments to a job I hated, my attachment to a relationship that I knew was awful for me, and also my avoidance of the necessary, my avoidance of doing the deep inner work, my avoidance of practicing a self-care practice. Um, So, I think being cognizant and aware of what you are, we're attaching ourselves to and what we're avoiding can go a long way You can begin to see it in a very real way and how it works. Um, also our psychology is influenced so much from our physio uh, on a physiological standpoint as well. And we can influence a lot of our physiology through breathing. Um, and so Whatever kind of breathing that is, you know, I, I don't know if uh, your mom used to do this, but if I were to get angry as a kid, she'd always say, all right, Travis, slow down and count to 10, right? And what did that make me do? It made me really slow down my breathing and I would count to 10. And what happened inevitably after that is it come out more relaxed, mm-hmm. right? Did, you, did your mom ever have you do that? Your parents I, like that? Just breathe, just breathe. <laughs> just breathe. There's a wisdom there, right? (laughs) Right. I can guarantee guarantee you right now. Let's try this together with your audience. If you don't mind some, uh, I know uh, that blank space is bad for radio, but let's just do this for a minute. (laughs) If you're driving your car, don't do this. Uh, Do this later, but everybody just close your eyes for a minute, right? Okay. And just breathe in. Hold it. Now breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Hold. Breathe out all the way. Now open your eyes. Yeah. Rebecca, how do you feel right now? I feel pretty awesome. Yeah, there's just, there's a sense of calmness that comes with breathing. And also you feel your shoulders rise up and you feel your body just let go. When you breathe. Okay, so that's, that's we, we tend to hold a lot of our tension in our shoulders. And uh, on a physiological standpoint, 
that influences our brain on a, from a psychological standpoint. And that in turn, our psych, psychology influences more of the physiology and our physiology influences psychology. It's like a pattern. It's like a constant cycle of influence of just anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So let, we got to interrupt that pattern on some, on somewhere or another. And it's so much easier, I find, to interrupt that pattern from a physiological standpoint through breathing. And that in turn influences and informs our brain psychologically to slow down. Right. And then that in turn influences on a physiological standpoint to just relax. Yes. And that was two, that was two breaths. That was two breaths. Right. (laughs) So, so, so try doing that for a minute and see what begins to happen in your world and then take it for a minute and then go, um, you know, try it for 10 minutes. Um, you, I've never come out of a meditation. I I got addicted to it because I started coming out of my meditations, just zen out of my mind and blissed out and just, pumped and just happy and, and my I watched I literally watched my anxiety start to just melt away you wouldn't recognize me before I started practicing meditation and, and all this all this work so um you know that's a, that's a that's a massive start and that's gonna go a long way for a lot of people um again it's not a sexy answer it requires what <laughs> action it requires some work <laughs> right and you, you and it's not a lot right you don't have to go run a marathon all you got to do is sit down for five ten minutes a day and breathe and just be right and uh see what begins to happen and it's amazing you know breath work every person in the personal development space has their way of sharing that that's important so it's got to have some fact behind that because everybody's sharing it in their own kind of way so there it is incredibly powerful and in that moment like you shared with two breaths you can change two breaths. so quickly and yeah and that that was only to impress upon um everybody the power of it right and that was just a slight slight glimpse there that was nothing even you know so yeah there's a lot there this is there's a lot there mm-hmm. i'm going to challenge your audience here uh, spend a minute and just count your respiratory rate count how many breaths you do in a minute right just do that and see how many breaths it is if you have about 15 or over um i i see in my clients that you start to be you're a little anxious you have some anxiety Right. So then try this. Spend the next minute and try to slow down your breathing as much as you can. Try to get like four breaths in a minute and see what begins to happen to your anxiety. You're going to you're going to be blown away. Mm. Well, it's like Tony Robbins, for example, talks about changing your state and your physiology. And then there's Wim Hof that talks about breathing like these people. I do Wim Hof every day. Uh Yeah, every day. I love it. Share a little bit on that before we wrap up. I would love to know your insights because I did watch a YouTube thing on, um, I think it had like Aubrey Marcus and Lewis Howes and and Mm -hmm. I randomly found it and was like, this is incredible. So how does someone start? What do you do on a daily basis? That's Wim Hof. (laughs) Wim Hof. One one step at a time, sister. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Don't, don't jump in the, in the the lakes of Iceland right away. Right. Um, It's man. Let me tell you, I'm glad you asked me this at the end of this conversation because I would have spent the whole hour talking about this (laughs) this because I, it's it's made such an impact on me. Um, I will come out of the breathing in, in the cold showers and the ice baths going like, this is better than drugs, man, or, or whatever. It's just crazy how, how you can, he, he calls it getting high on your own supply. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your own breath. And it's, you get in this state of pure kind of consciousness. It's hard to explain. And I, I really don't want to set expectations for anybody before they try it. 
but it's a beautiful thing and you're going to find a lot of clarity in your life. Um, there's a lot of health benefits. It promotes brown fat. Um, it, it helps with your immune system. And this is all, you know, scientifically backed. It's been studied from universities. Um, I haven't been sick since I started doing the Wim Hof method. Um, I, um, I, I, I feel amazing and it's just another form of um, meditation too. So the breath work is an ancient form of meditation called Tumo meditation. Um, so if you want to get started, um, I would say find a YouTube video on, um, like a guided, uh, breath work, Wim Hof breath work and just follow along and, uh, practice three rounds of that and, uh, <laughs> let us know how you feel because you're going to be pumped up. And then with the, sh- with the cold immersion, cause it's breath work and cold immersion, uh, just start turning on cold water for 10 seconds after your hot shower. Um, and then you're going to f- start to, you know, gradually increase 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and then gradually say, I'm just taking cold showers mm-hmm. and then maybe go to an ice bath. And what you're going to find is you're going to crave the cold showers and you're going to actually, you know, I almost, ex- almost exclusively only take cold showers anymore, um, as a result. And it's been just game changing. I can talk about this all day. Um, but just trust me and give it a shot and you're going to get hooked. Yeah, I've been having cold showers for a long time. I, it definitely didn't come from him. I'm not sure where it came from originally. And oh, he didn't start the idea. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah. But I years and years ago, I started taking them because I saw it somewhere else. And then obviously he's big and known for that. So I always have a cold shower every morning. Sometimes I like a hot shower at night just because. But I have been yet to experience the breathing side. So I'm going to... I'm going to put it out there today, guys, that I'm going to commit to trying this for the next week and come back to you on a podcast and share what I experienced. So Yeah, I, I would you. love to hear that, what happens. Yeah, definitely. I might get you to share if you've got a link that's a favorite of yours, Travis, for the breathing maybe, and I can leave it in the mm. show notes for people. Yeah, totally, definitely. Awesome. Because I think... I'm an, ev- I'm an evangelist for this, for the Wim Hof Method. I mean, I, I think legitimately legitimately if, if you it's just it's beautiful and it is it, you are gonna if you meditate like practice zazen meditation uh you will see the benefits over time right and it's it is a very gradual kind of thing with the wim hof method you start to see the benefits almost almost immediately um so it's it's a very full-on um it's a game changer so i'm very stoked to share that with your audience and you. Yes, I'm excited. And I know a lot of people are looking at it or playing with it or, you know, really listening to him at the moment. So I'm glad we had a chat about that. Is there anything else that you would love to leave us with today? Today's been amazing, by the way. I'm so honored to have you on the show and talk about all my favorite things with you. But is there anything <laughs> we didn't cover or anything you'd love to leave the audience with? Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like we could talk for another few hours, right? That was awesome. <laughs> I know. Um, we might have um, round two with Travis. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say this. Um, We had a great conversation today. Um, I I, I would say, listen to what we talked about. Ask yourself what single insight you had from today's conversation. Just one. Ask yourself what one single insight did I have from today that my heart's just calling me towards? That's one question. And your second is, how am I going to act on that? What will I do to physically step into that insight um and then let us know send one of us a message i would guess and just let us know how that worked out for you Mm, i love that and i'm really always talking about that with everyone that 
you know, if you just take one thing away from today, make sure that you actually implement or use that insight that you have taken away. That's right. That's awesome. So, Travis, thank you so much again. Where can people find you and connect with you online? Um, social media, I'm everywhere. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then my website is travisbartonlife.com. Beautiful. And I'm going to put in the show notes for everybody where they can find you. We'll find a Wim Hof breathing exercise as well. (laughs) But thank you again for taking the time out to chat to me and share your insights with my audience today because you are someone that's definitely been part of my little journey as a coach. So I'm sure everyone gained as much as I did today from you. Always rockstar. Looking forward to the next one. Oh boy. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I just got so much out of that conversation and I hope that you did as well. And please do share this with someone you know that needs to hear some of these amazing, incredible insights from Trav. And also remember, there are so many other men and women coming up in this series. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to this from so that you don't miss out and that you do get to hear all of the goodness that you can implement in your life to create that better life and start really living in alignment to the truth of who you are.